Horror on Main, a new weekend convention for the horror community. There are plenty of horror cons to choose from, but most only offer the genre as writers and actors. We explore all the shadows within horror entertainment. From idea to product, there are many people behind the scenes, including writers and actors, but also artists, publishers, directors, and composers, and we're bringing them to you, as well as contests, movies, panels, podcasters, and much, much more. We've been going to conventions for over 20 years and are changing up the little things to make the big picture amazing. Join us Memorial Day weekend 2023 in Hunt Valley, Maryland. Come to the block party and meet your new neighbors. See HorrorOnMain.com for details. The Curator will see you now. Are you looking for conversations with some of the hottest names in horror today, like Eric LaRocca, Haley Piper, Clay McLeod Chapman, Laurel Hightower, Jamie Flanagan, and Allie Wilkes, along with indie horror superstars like Brianna Morgan and Joe Coach? Then you should tune in to Terrifying Tomes of Terror with your host, the curator of horror, Chance Forshee, wherever get your podcasts. I'm David Demchuk, the author of the experimental queer horror novel Red X. Many readers think queer horror is just for queer people. I'm here to tell you it's not. We have the same dreams. We have the same fears. Red X tells the story of gay men who are being taken from their friends and family by an ageless supernatural being. But it's also my story and the story of friends that I have lost over the decades. Join me in Red X as we explore my darkest fears together. Red X is published by Strangelight, an imprint of Penguin Random House, and is available at fine bookstores everywhere. The curator of horror, Chance Forshe here, to tell you about Ghost Eaters. Hey everybody, my name is Clay McLeod Chapman, and I am the author of Ghost Eaters. Ghost Eaters is all about a haunted drug, pop a pill, see the dead, but once you start seeing the dead, the dead can see you. That is Ghost Eaters, and it's on shelves September 20th from Quirk Books. Want to get haunted? Bonus features. There's our preview. Welcome to Dead Headspace. I'm your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brennan LaFaro. Say hello, Brennan. Hello, everybody. And today we are damn excited to talk to the man that created Ghost Eaters. Hello. I should have introduced your name. Oh, my God. He's distracting <laughs> me with a, with a eating non Who the emotion. hell wrote that book? <laughs> hmm. His name is Clay McLeod Chapman. Say hello, Clay. Hey, guys, we made it. We're alive. 
we're really excited. Man, we are so excited yeah. to talk to you because this is just a phenomenal book. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that real soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Brennan, anything to say about that book? If it's just a snippet or uh, there might be someone else that has a few words to say about ghost eaters. Yeah. <laughs> That's a curator of horror. Yeah. His name is Chance Forshee. Oh my god. This is you this is this is like one of the you just pulled some Geraldo shit. Like this is like strong <laughs> chance on me. It's like he is the father. You're the father. You're the baby's dad. <laughs> well it only made sense because I did talk to Chance privately about him coming on if we ever have you. And then we had a, a chance to have you on. Chance Forshee, say hello, sir. Hello, hello. How is everybody doing tonight? <laughs> Pretty good. That was good timing. Um, so Chance, just a quick introduction. We'll talk about his podcast soon, but uh, you'll find out very quickly his voice is much better than anyone's ever for this type of thing. And uh, I first heard about Clay on your episode, number episode number two, uh, which, by the way, a podcast is terrifying tomes of terror. So instead of asking Clay what got you into horror, we can get to that. I'd like to ask Chance, how did you discover Clay? Okay, yeah, good question. Um, so the the very first time I heard of Clay was when the hardcover of Whisper Down the Lane uh, came into the store because I'm I'm the guy who runs the hardcover shop. So I'm the one who deals with all that front list and, and stuff like that. So uh, that came in and that cover immediately, I was like, whoa, what is this? Um, <laughs> yep, there so it then, is. Friends holding up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right there. Uh, <laughs> I've got I've got my stack of Clay McLeod Chapman <laughs> books behind me. Uh, so yeah, I, I found it on Audible and listened to it and was like whoa like this is a crazy thriller super into it uh so after i listened to it and loved it i saw on netgalley that ghost eaters was available uh and so i requested it and got it and read it and it blew me the fuck away uh and so then i backtracked and i went to the remaking uh and now i've i've, I've gone through the whole catalog but <laughs> I just finished the remaking actually earlier today, and whew. yeah, I want to talk about that later. <laughs> you, you were do, you were doing the audio, right, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, can we can we take a brief moment and talk about Clay's amazing intro to that book? It made me just as a fellow writer say one day I want him to narrate one of my books. That's how fucking good it was. I I swear I there was a whole bit that we did where I did not realize <laughs> that it was Clay doing it. That I was like going on and on about it in his DMs. Like the the this narrator is amazing, <laughs> not knowing it was Clay. And the third person, I think it was the third, maybe four, that did the podcast within the book. His voice was absolutely perfect for that. Ooh, I forget yes. his name. <laughs> I, got, I can see trying to remember. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to pull it out either. Don't. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I can't do it. Uh, it was four. It was four of us. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, then young uh, Amber, and older Amber, and then the podcast guy. That's the it. 
<laughs> this is terrible. The only anecdote that I have for the audiobook of the remaking is uh I well, there's a longer story, but I'll do the short story. When when the opportunity, the invitation was kind of presented for me to do that part, they 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 kind of gave me this either or option where they're like, either you can do it, or we have this other author, other uh, audiobook narrator who's available and and would do it. And it was it's this actor performer by the name of T. Ryder Smith. Um, this is probably, God, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. This, this is probably breaking some protocol. So if I get fired, uh, it'll be worth <laughs> it. Um, but like T. Ryder Smith was going to do it um, if I didn't do it, or he was going to get offered the opportunity, the option to do it. Um, but T. Ryder Smith is trickster from the seminal 90s horror film Brain Scan, starring uh, uh, Ed- Edward Furlong. <laughs> And I, you know, he he's he's actually a very like entrenched uh, New York theater artist. But but to have Trickster from Brain Scan do the narrative of uh, of the 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 remaking was so worth it. I really I really was on the fence, and I was like, oh my god, I want Trickster to do it, but I really want to do it too. And I like. I, I I I said no to Trickster, and I feel like that might have been my uh, my fatal flaw in life because <laughs> now I can't say trick. I can only say that he could have done it, he should have done it, um, but he would have done it. But he did. You could also say you beat him out for the role. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen Brain Scan? This movie is amazing. This was like when a what not AI, uh, virtual reality or video game VR, like VRing and game, like v, like like the dangers of VR. Um, and and Trickster was this like Freddy Krueger ish, uh, you know, uh, character like you know he he's in your dreams kind of guy. Um, and it, it's it's amazing. Like you have to see it. Like you have to watch. Like everyone, to hell with reading these books. Like let's go watch. Let's watch Brain Scan. I used to have a Virtual Boy. Um, that was a Nintendo product. That was a 1995 VR. It's it's a headset, so you just have to hold your head like that. It has a little stand. So that's that's what that brought me back to. That's super super weird times. Yeah. It's like taping your phone to your face or something like that. There's a movie from the early '90s like that where people were addicted to screens and they couldn't see. Uh, they they weren't uh, receptive to like the light at one point, and uh, it's very reflective of nowadays. That's not the Vin Vendors movie, is it? it uh, until I can't, the end of the, I can't remember the name. World or an end of the universe or something like that. Um, <clears throat> Gabriel Gabriel Byrne, maybe. All right, I'm not gonna blow oh. it. Um, I mean, I like Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> I get so, that. Clay, uh let, let's pretend we didn't just have a conversation and start with what got you into horror. Oh man. Um trauma. <laughs> like, like a messed up childhood. Oh no, he's gonna be Peter Straub. Oh, I'm gonna uh, keep my mouth no. shut. <laughs> I uh I don't know. I mean, like I okay, so I mean there were there were Definitive benchmarks for sure. Pop culture uh, road points. Like I remember as a kid watching Saturday the Fourteenth, which is this. You know, it's an awful. Uh, I mean, I, it's awful, but I love it. 
it's a, it's one of these like horror comedies, mm. like a proto self-aware pre-scream kind of like, like th this was like early eighties when this came out. Um, <clears throat> but it was, it's an amazing movie starring Richard Benjamin. Um, and, uh, it, it, I, you know, it, it was, it's like a PG rated film, so it's not terrifying to well, any. What, what year though? Ooh, like I, I would say 81, 83, but. Okay, I, so a PG rated film back then though. No, well, this is like before Gremlins, before <laughs> Poltergeist, before, before, before like. Temple PG of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's before Steven Spielberg came in and, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know perverted PG forever. <laughs> Though I mean I guess Jaws was PG. Um wait, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think so, right? I, like, the PG thirteen rating didn't exist until yeah. Temple of Doom, if Holy I remember right. Um cover your heart. <laughs> it was Saturday the 14th and student bodies. These were the only films that you could watch on like Saturday afternoon that were like, like, hor like, it was like, like, what was like early basic cable, like, like, like Fox affiliates or like PBS yeah. affiliates where it's like, they, they didn't have to cut anything. They, they, it was, it was basically just kind of ready-made, you know, like non- scary horror film stuff but like i just remember watching these movies like i had that babysitter who just didn't give a, a hoot and just let me watch whatever <laughs> i wanted to watch and it would be these these movies that that did honestly traumatize me um you know but like i don't know i mean like i it's it's such a pop psychology answer but like i you know never met my dad uh had a like a, a kind of screwy stepfather for like a real pivotal period of my life like six to nine mm. and uh it like i I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna like say like 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 life was what it was but for, like for a kid for me at that point um it just like something about the kind of familial dynamic at that point uh was was really like <laughs> a little messed up and uh i had a like a hellacious bout of night tears like i would i would be frozen in bed and believe wholeheartedly that like the shadows in my bedroom were like pools of oil or like black inky puddles like living puddles and they were like always like moving in on me in into my bed until I would like drown and like like and and I couldn't get up like you know bedwetting like you know like could yeah. like, just like 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 you know whatever whatever was happening in my life at that point it manifested itself at night in these these ways that were like like I just could not I would never fall asleep at night but then i would go to school the next day and just like promptly pass out at the desk you know like bonk and just you know that it led to this like intersection of like hey is clay okay like what's going on what's going on yeah. with him yeah and uh i don't know like i'm i'm throwing raw data out there without making a point um i, I uh my mom, I was ev eventually kind of raised by my mother. She's an artist. She had to work. So I had a lot of time on my hands and uh, I kind of populated it either by <laughs> watching, you know, 
crappy horror movies or um, kind of just like like starting to make up stories or kind of do these like weird performances by myself, making up like imaginary friends. And, you know, I was just I was just that indoor kid who, uh, you know, wanted to I don't know, like mm, tell like start telling stories or, or making plays or doing things like that. And, uh, um, they were always really screwy. They were really dark. Um, like from the get go, like I just, I always wrote like, just like weird stuff. Do you think that I want to take one point from this and, but, and, uh, chance jump in really at any point, man. Um, yeah, but clay, my mind went to some weird place and that was when you were talking about dreams as a child. Yeah. Don't know how you're going to answer, but do you think that there's a sliver of a chance that children can, for whatever reason, maybe it's purity or whatever, can tap into this dimension, if you will, that adults can't where maybe nightmares aren't always uh, fake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love that question. I um I do wholeheartedly believe that in a non-supernatural level, adult like the older we grow, the more we lose sight of our innocence, our 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 imagination, our creativity. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that like the things that make us fundamentally <laughs> um uh like the, the, there is something kind of raw and untapped as children that is really beautiful. And I mean, I see it in my kids. I I think I can remember it and reflect upon it as, as, you know, looking back now on my childhood, but yeah, I think that the older we get the hardened to, you know, we, we start to kind of ossify and kind of, we have less yeah. bones in our body. Like, you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're suddenly like not as, intuitive to that kind of tapping into that and whether that's creativity or something other um you know i i'll leave that up to uh the youngians out there but uh i mean like it would i think it stands to reason that like if if we if we don't have those those kind of built-in parameters yet to protect like the protective shells yet like as kids mm -hmm we're gonna we're gonna just tap into well yeah because kids are open to anything and everything right like it doesn't matter what it is if it seems weird to adults if you tell a kid a thing they're like okay uh <laughs> so i mean i i, I think that's a, a very accurate way of looking at it uh there's the stir of echoes movie with kevin bacon obviously based off the of richard matheson uh, and the behind the scenes stuff on the original DVD release, I remember them like having a whole documentary about like kids seeing that kind of stuff. And the whole argument was, yeah, like they haven't been told it's not real yet. Yeah. So their minds are completely open. So whatever is there can make itself known. Yeah. And I think I think that's super cool. I, I'm not a believer in the supernatural, but I do think that that kind of concept of, and I mean, I've seen stuff I can't explain either, but I'm way more willing to try to just be like, I was very sleepy. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to it was a ghost. <laughs> Brendan. 
Well, then there's the idea that as adults, once we hit a certain age, we're always very sleepy. So we can write off that stuff all the time. Uh, Or, you know, I don't know if I'm just speaking for those of us with kids, but um, I I think think I'm I'm the only one here without children. So. So if you see something out of the corner of your eye, you're not too (laughs) sleepy. And it is, in fact, there. (laughs) Yeah, it's there. Just look behind him, man. That that's such a cool background. Audio mm-hmm. listeners cannot see that, but yeah, that that's the best background I've seen. You and uh oh Tim uh oh my god, his last name slipped in my mind. Brandon help me. Levin McGregor. He wrote the um writing in the dark, Halloween. Tim Wagner. Yeah, Wagner. Wagner. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's yeah. got a, he's got a really cool background too. Oh it's all pop pops. Final Tim box. Robbins. Tim Robbins. That's who it. Tim. Tim Robbins. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Go ahead, Brennan. <laughs> Thank you for that tangent. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think actually, Pat. I think that was a really great question, and I love kind of where it went. What, um, what I, Tim's last name is? No, not that question. <laughs> the, the the actual good one. Um, just that that idea of is there. Is there something to see or are they uh, just more open to it or is it some sort of combination uh, between the two? Uh, Clay, I want to backtrack a, a tiny bit. Um, you had mentioned that here I'm just throwing out all these raw points of data. I don't know if they connect or not. I don't particularly care. And I think that's a great way of looking at it because when we ask somebody what got you into horror, in a in a way, we're almost kind of rephrasing the question of what scares you. And to me, I feel like if you can completely answer that question, you've tapped into something that most of the rest of us have not. You know, we might be able to identify certain points there, but really, really getting to the bottom of that question is why we create whether, you know, whatever medium it's through. So with you kind of using that jumping off point to start telling stories and uh, making plays and stuff, did you ever consider that you were, you know, taking the way you felt and trying to uh, make other people feel that same thing? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, honestly, I think it was more often than not a desire to connect with other people. Um, I mean, I, 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 I guess I could say I started off with like, like more with like a theatrical upbringing. Like I was naturally kind of predisposed to being a ham, always, always trying to make adults laugh or pay attention to me. Um, that, that kind of uh, sidelined into uh, writing plays and performing for family gatherings or whatever. Um, so your, your point of like making others feel the way that I felt, I don't know if it was so much that I wanted people to feel the way that I felt as much as it was, um, you know, there's this weird kind of uh, cognitive dissonance or or tension. There's a tension between this idea of like, I want to write and I like, this is a very kind of uh, singular, solitary, private, like this is like, this is the life of the mind. Like I'm, I'm in this room, I'm working at this, this desk, I'm at my computer and like, I'm, I'm manifesting a world for one. And, uh, but then there's like this desire to cross some ethereal barrier, some boundary, uh, whether it's the fourth wall, whether it's 
you know, the person who cracks open the book or, or, or like presses play on the DVD, like, like just this, I mean, I just remember, you know, it wasn't loneliness, but it was, I mean, maybe it was, but it was, it was like, it was this feeling of like, I, I want to like, I want to reach out and just touch someone. Like I want to connect. Like I want to like, I want to like communicate with someone else and, you know, not being like being of a a certain kind of, like there's that weird kind of introvert where it's like, you're just quiet for hours on end. And then there's this moment where it just like, like a dam breaks and all of a sudden you're just like, like, and you like have to like, you like, I don't know. It's like the weird thing of like, I imagine some performer, some famous actor, like well-known actor is probably like, you know, can do a million and one like bombastic things on stage. But as soon as they're off stage, they're very, you know, like, they're very like, 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 I feel like that's what writing is for me, where it's just like, there's this, solitariness and 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 the solitude we're on the island and then there's just this like this like innate desire to like put that book in a bottle and just throw it out there for somebody to (laughs) to catch it you know did that even come close to answering the question oh yeah totally i mean forgive me if i'm kind of taking your answer and adding words to your mouth but i almost see it as uh art as a conversation as opposed to i feel this way now i want to make you feel this way i almost kind of interpret it as here's something that makes me feel a certain way let's have a conversation how does it impact you if it doesn't what does impact you but also kind of a way to take those same emotions that you're trying to have a conversation about and just give them a a release point so you know same question am i coming anywhere close (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's interesting because, like, I do think it's, you know, the books that meant the most to me felt like they were written just for me. Like, I read them and I'm like, the author died 10, 20, 30, 100 years ago. And yet this book, like, they wrote it for like like I feel as if this narrator this character is like talking to me or this the writer is talking to me and like I mean I I do have like pivot like I just remember what it's like to and like you know say what you will but I I remember the first time I read Catcher in the Rye and just being like oh my god this is like this is this is amazing. Like, like he's talking to me or I mean even something like Geek Love by Catherine Dunn probably my favorite book like you know it's it's written from the first person perspective god it's it it is it is um and it's just like it's beautiful and it's written just for me i'm sorry to the millions of other people who think the book was written for them it's not it was like (laughs) like she wrote it just for me and like there's something like beautiful about that and i don't know like i you know i would be so lucky to you know reach like connect to whoever's on the other side but but the gesture is there uh the the desire is there um yeah i don't know it's 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 a funny it's a funny conundrum Mm. i you know on a much smaller scale 
um, my first book that went out in the world, one of my favorite compliments that I've received from a few people is that the, the group of friends, the trio, uh, that kind of it centers around you know the readers friends that it was them dropped into their group and i feel like if you can kind of cultivate an environment like that like again it's not i i don't have any illusions that uh people may be reading this book in a hundred years and saying he wrote that for me um but <laughs> if you can if you can connect with somebody in that way where they've been dropped into your story and it just speaks to them on that level like that's that's special that's really something yeah. it totally is it i mean like you know like i i think that is that is the kind of moment and like you know it's 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 weird because like we're we're hamstrung as authors where we won't know if we connect with anybody, I mean, like maybe more now because of social media and like the, the, the lines of communication are a little bit more open. You'll, you'll, you'll also hear when a book doesn't connect with, <laughs> but, but it, you know, it's funny how you just don't know. And, you know, I, I mean, I think that's where the kind of uh, message in a bottle notion comes from where you just don't, you're, you're, you're casting these things out there and just like hoping that they they hit or they they land with somebody and and maybe they do maybe they don't maybe it's a lot of people maybe it's a few people um there's this this uh musical uh called title of show um it was like a off-broadway musical uh that i think went broadway for a little bit and it, it's all about writing a musical and uh there's a lyric that's like i would rather be 10 people's number one thing than a hundred people's 10th thing. <laughs> and I just, I just, I, I feel like that's such a good kind of metric to like, God, if I had 10 people who, uh, I don't know, like, like felt like these characters kind of landed into their circle of friends, that would be amazing. Um, but we'll never know. <laughs> I think you'll get that with ghost news, which is a good segue for me to say chance. Is that the book that you feel that way towards? Oh, I mean, yeah. So Clay and I have briefly talked on Twitter about this, and then we brought it up uh, a couple times in, in my podcast. Uh, and we'll do a, a we'll do a conversation about it uh, here in just a few weeks um, over on Terrifying Tomes. But um, yeah, Ghost Eaters resonated with me on a very very deep level because. I had in high school and in first year of college, I had a friend named Silas who was the <laughs> charismatic leader of our group. And he also suffered from a lot of addiction related maladies and passed away due to an overdose. Oh shit. Um, so that's fucking crazy. Holy so, fuck. Yeah, reading ghost eaters. I even like I stopped reading at one point and like tagged Clay on Twitter and was just like, holy shit. Like this book is is hitting home in a way that very few things have for me. Uh, and then and by the time I finished it, I read it. I, really, the only break was when I had tagged Clay. Uh, the rest of it I read, I read it in a single sitting. And it ended and I was just like. I don't even know how to process like, <laughs> the emotions I'm feeling about this book. Um, but the more I thought about it, and then, you know, when I read it again, and again, 
And then I had to request it from NetGalley because they took it away. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just, it's, it's kind of a, it's weird, but it's kind of a comfort book for me now that I, I, I can just pop in there and hang out with Aaron and go through all of that trauma with her side by side. And I don't know, it's weirdly comforting, but yes, ghost eaters. It, it, that is a book that, um, it very much felt like it was written specifically for me. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that good. did end up being a damn good segue. Uh, Chance, I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's that's really intriguing. Um, all right, so Clay, we learned really early on in this show that we should not try and synopsize people's books because we're bad at it and because we <laughs> tend to spoil. So we're going to ask you to, you know, just kind of give us the give give listeners the uh, pitch. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I'm pretty terrible at it, too. Um, That's not true. We recorded an ad together. <laughs> I love um, those two ads, by the way. Just going to say because it's Chance just introducing you. And then I set it up in a way where like two ads later, it's Chance coming back. It's Curator of Horror. That's a great nickname. <laughs> um. Okay. So Ghost Eaters is about a haunted drug you pop a pill and you see the dead and that that's the kind of oh god that's the elevator pitch version of it like i i think that's the kind of that's the hook that's the thing that like oh wow that sounds interesting um you know but where you go from there is uh there's there's a group of friends, there's a circle of friends uh, who have recently graduated from college and they're they're in their early to mid 20s and they still have not kind of found their way. They're kind of post-collegiate, post-academic kind of adult life um, where they're still kind of caught in that liminal space between, you know, childhood and adulthood. Like they they're 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 kind of like they they still have their what their vestigial tails um, <laughs> but uh in that group there is uh a character by the name of silas who has kind of rallied the troops to kind of you know live life to go 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 to like you know do things you know this just live life to the absolute fullest and just like never never say no and um it it leads them to down some pretty wild paths and eventually inevitably it leads to uh drugs which leads to addiction which leads to overdose and um i, I mean i i don't i don't think it's a spoiler uh but silas i wouldn't think is, so yeah yeah i mean it's on the, it's on the back cover so <laughs> right yeah i mean it's kind of it's the catalyst for it so i don't think that's a spoiler no 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 it's right there uh silas overdoses and um the the group discovers that uh silas had been kind of uh he had discovered himself a new ish drug uh that is called ghost and when you take ghost you are able to connect with the other side 
And Aaron, the protagonist of this group of friends, uh, has has her own kind of uh, addictions. And, and, you know, through her grief, um, she wants to reconnect with Silas. So she and her friends, her surviving friends, uh, perform a hallucinogenic seance and <laughs> contact their, their friend. And, and it gets worse. <laughs> it's really good social commentary on like what would happen in real life. But I, you know, it's no secret. I told you three that it's the creepiest ghost story, but it's the creepiest book. One, one of the creepiest books I've ever read. And it's the way you not only because we're playing. Tell me if I'm no shaking head. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell me if I got to cut some of this up. But um, for me, it's because of first off, like fungal horror, whatever, if that's even a thing. Uh, that, yeah, I, I, I've I've written it about in my own fiction too because it creeps me out. I like I like mushrooms, like the not the hallucinogenic <laughs> kind. I've never had those. No, but you said it. No. Brennan, Brennan's down there, like he always phrases things so poorly. Oh, Have yeah. you listened to the show? Chance? <laughs> <laughs> it's 158 episodes of this shit. <laughs> I'm smart enough to know how to do this. But enough to get myself in trouble. But anyways, it, it, the way you describe ghosts, the actual spirits, it's just it's a lot different than I don't want to give any details, but it's a lot different than typical ways people would describe a ghost. And it's just it seems like they're suffering. And isn't that really what ghosts are? Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, I got obsessed. I, I, it's weird. Like this book has a lot of my kind of like pet obsessions in it. Like I got obsessed for some reason with like clear plastic tarps. Like I just needed, like, I just like every time I see a clear plastic tarp, I just like, that is what I obsess about right now. The writing <laughs> of the book. Dexter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, like even, I mean, like there's so, I mean like every, every goddamn horror like like clear plastic tarps are the scariest things in the world i mean you mentioned fungal horror and i i mean i you know i don't think it's i mean it it's not a i mean i don't think it's a spoiler i mean it's a it is a natural progression through the book like you're gonna you're gonna find it Uh, but uh I, I don't I don't know if I care. I don't. It, it, it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler, right? I mean, do you? I, I again. I read the book, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Clay. Like I read this so long ago, man. We've had so many conversations about it. I don't know. I don't think. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't. Books been out for ten years. It doesn't matter. I yeah. felt comfortable <laughs> enough using mushroom emojis talking about it. So, yeah. I mean, they're like. They're, there is, I mean, to, you know, you you mentioned, uh, you know, Patrick, you're you're talking about uh, fungal horror as a thing. Like, I mean, fungal horror is like having a moment right now. Like, hell yeah, it is. You know, what moves the dead? Yes. Um, God, that one. Oh my God, that's insane. Um, it's absolutely incredible. The Last yeah. of Us. That's a video game, but well, that's yeah. a, that's gonna be. <laughs> it's a TV about show. to be, a, yeah, about to be a show with uh, what Pedro Pascal. Wow. Yeah, that looks really fucking cool. I like that actor. Man, you nailed his name. I would have fucked it up. When does that come out? 
You should ask the curator of knowledge. Curator of knowledge. <laughs> <The> cur- <laughs> no, I'm the curator of horror, not knowledge. Um, curator of I don't, horror I don't video know when games. When does that become? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But I, I do have my copy of what moves the dead right here. Yeah. Nice. I like that cover. It's a gorgeous cover. That's. A, I know that's a pseudonym, but like, does anyone know what T. King Fisher looks like, or is it just like, uh, like Banksy? I know on Twitter it's like. <laughs> Ursula something they're they're out there I, I I don't know the uh the decision behind what what gets what is written with what nomenclature but uh yeah they're I think they're they're public right they're I I believe so sure. I don't think they're hiding yeah I don't know the reason I mean there's it. a there's a few out there like that like Shauna McGuire uh you know also probably Mira Grant and mm-hmm. Jonathan Jans mm-hmm Pretty sure that's not a secret. Dan <laughs> or <laughs> curator of horror. <laughs> Pat McDonough. Real name's Brendan. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just me. I mean, you, you may find stuff about me with like my old usernames or something. That'd be weird though. Um no, but Fungal Horror is really having a, a moment. And, and I'm yes. sure like we I, I think we owe it all to um Oh, oh, oh no oh my god why am i blanking on the name of the book that is uh uh the book um oh which my. one <laughs> no annihilation no well that for sure but like why i don't know that was my first yeah. new book oh a few years ago yes why why which one? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so late um i'm so- gonna <laughs> Um, why is this so impossible? To... Let's do it in charades. Act the book out. Um, <laughs> so while Clay's looking for that, Mark Matthews. Mexican Gothic, Mexican Gothic. Nailed oh it. Yeah, 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 God, that's embarrassing. You have to keep that in. There's, you can't edit that part out. Like you have, to, I have to like suffer. For... We don't even know how to edit. <laughs> Who wrote it? <laughs> uh, Sylvia Moreno. Uh, I thought Clay would get Garcia. it. Sil- yeah, Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Mark Matthews asked, uh, well, it's more of a comment. We want another novel from the Ghost Eaters universe. <laughs> it's not It's not even out yet at, at the date of recording this. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, you, <laughs> you, Clay. <laughs> the hard way or the easy way, write another one, please. And below that, I know you replied, Clay, but below that is a uh, picture of a. Uh, Oh my god, now I'm blanking on her name from her um holy fuck. It is contagious. You from that fucking mess tonight. From that show, from that movie that's based on a Stephen King. Fucking hell. Someone jump in. It starts it, with an you've M. You've gotta be way more specific. M- misery? Misery, that's it, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had my own little Kathy Bates. This is this is gonna be amazing because it's gonna be all of us like like an hour of us just being like and there's that thing with the person <laughs> from the, the that thought thoughts um yeah does anyone um, else I mean think yeah that... it's this is this is a community bottle episode like, yeah. <laughs> does does anyone think that Clay kind of resembles Malerman or Malerman resembles Clay in some ways jo- Josh Malerman yeah he's got hair. No, but not not physically, but but like the cadence of energy, speech, the oh. energy. Oh, 
Yeah, Again, I love phrasing. It. I love it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's what editors are for. This and just play Hangman. <laughs> Chance, we've got to have a whiteboard back there somewhere. <laughs> You'd think so, right? <laughs> so, no. tell, tell Clay, tell us about how Comic Con went. Oh, it was great. Oh my god, it was great. It was. Uh, it wasn't the first. Uh, like, you know, I, I felt pretty secluded these last couple of years uh, and, you know, haven't done many events, uh, in-person things. Uh, but this is the year to kind of like kick back into like gear and start doing like, you know, like doing things. And I, I was, I was lucky to go to ALA. I, I've done a few like reading signing events. But comic, like going back to Comic Con, like yeah. even though they say they did it at a, uh, a a much more limited capacity, that I mean, like it was, it 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 just felt like diving in, and I'm I'm amazed I didn't catch something, you yeah. know, COVID or otherwise. Like it, it like well, it yeah, because was- Con Crud was always a thing, even oh. in the pre-pandemic era (laughs) it is and uh but it was great i mean like there were people there and you know it was it was an event to kind of talk about ghost eaters which was really exciting um but uh yeah i i mean like i i i have been so i've just been yearning for it i'm missing it like i i i want to kind of reconnect with with humanity and people um that like like I was I just like walked in and it was just kind of like bathing in uh people um (laughs) so it was for for me for it was it was a lot of fun and I I got to do a panel um which felt very crazy crazy yeah like I mean like it it was I I don't know it just felt special like it felt special um and uh there were people there like people wanted to be there like that's the thing like you know you, you i usually do events for like one two people and uh you know like everybody who was there wanted to be there and uh they might not have wanted to be there for me but they were there and like you had this like opportunity to kind of be there together and that was uh <laughs> pretty cool very cool that's what awesome. was the panel oh my god uh it had a like a, a long name of like writer creepy writers talking about the creepy creepers like creep like creepy ter- like creepy creepy like creepy showed up at least once creepy crawlies creepy crawly authors <laughs> it was that title for that panel at that convention <laughs> those authors i used to love playing with creepy crawlers that uh it was basically like an easy bake oven but for like little yes. weird boys I used to have one of those. Loved it. Well, yeah. Um, girls like cookies. Boys like scorpion jellies. <laughs> I want that again. Um, At least as the, the early 90s taught us. Yeah. Does anyone want to jump into Clay's uh, other project that's really, really exciting? Well, which one? It sounds like you want to lead us there. So just go ahead. It's a movie. <laughs> So we're we're talking when Wendell and the Wild, I believe, is the title. Thank you. I didn't remember the title. Is <laughs> <laughs> that thing with those people? It's that thing being produced by Jordan Peele and co-written with Henry Selick. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Henry um, fucking Selleck? Like, yeah. dude is yeah. legend. <laughs> it's, super, it. it's super friggin' awesome. Um, I don't know how to, t- I, you know, I don't know how to talk about it because I don't know what I'm allowed to say. That's fair. No. That's fair. You just so say I, it's awesome and that, then we can move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's exciting. I mean, like, it's just, it's wild. It's Wendell and wild. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the sound bite. There you mm. go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I can say uh, other than like, it's going to be on Netflix in October. Sweet. I'm so excited. Yeah. Not just to like, just to watch it, but for you, uh, because then what your other project was Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, jeez, I Which, don't know. Like it, it seemed like you retweeted it from last year, so it looks like it's moving forward. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny, like because I noticed that I didn't comment on it, but I noticed that you retweeted a tweet from 2021, <laughs> and so, everyone was like, "This is crazy and cool," and I'm like, "This was, is obviously from a year ago." It's so <laughs> so silly. Like when you when you acknowledge when like you realize that like. We're all just trying to get people to pay attention to us, <laughs> yeah. and like, kind of like, like, what are you know? I mean, okay, just because you called me out, I'm gonna. What it was, <laughs> like someone, like you ever have those like ghost likes or ghost retweets where like yeah. you tweet something and then like a year later someone likes it, yeah. And you say to yourself, "Why the hell?" Did someone where like, yeah where in the algorithm did you fucking fall yeah. into <laughs> and and that's what happened what was that sunday like it was like there was like this this like somebody liked that tweet <laughs> this sounds so stupid this is like the stupidest thing i've ever <laughs> like, like i like someone liked it and it was probably a bot it was probably not a real person but they liked it and i was like that's so weird that someone liked this thing that was from a year ago and then i mean i don't know why but i was like well i guess i'll just i'll retweet it it. and and it was just like like i don't know like why why the hell not um and then everybody started liking it again it's kind of like oh like you know but yeah i mean yeah the the amazon thing is like we have this development deal we're working on a show. We wrote the pilot. We're working on uh, this thing called a format, um, you know, like which is like a, the the kind of the the pitch, the Bible, the show Bible. The, yeah. Um, there there are so many hoops to jump through. There's so many chances for Amazon to say no. But that said, like it's still it's active. Uh, we are developing it. Uh, it is insane to be working with the creators of Westworld. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Lisa Joy. Like, it's insane. Like, you know. I, I worked know. with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am like eight degrees away from uh, Sir Anthony. I was going to say, so the, close. Jonathan Nolan is the, the Jamie Flanagan of the Nolans, <laughs> which is to say almost more talented, but less recognized. There you go. That's good. You know, <laughs> so so long to Mike ever coming on. Those fuckers. <laughs> hey, no, Mike's amazing, but Jamie is <laughs> fucking incredible, man. I was uh, no arguments. My only Jamie Flanagan story 
is that we were at StokerCon. Yes. And uh, he apparently got locked out of his hotel room. And uh, we were sharing the elevator down. And we did, we had, we never have been introduced to one another. But I knew who he is because he is who he is. And uh, he was like, he was very, he was like, I just had a nap. <laughs> I can't do a <laughs> impersonation. But it was like, it just, it was just like, but thank you for trying. <laughs> I, just, I mean, he was, he's like such an affable guy. Yes. He's, yes. He's like, I just, like, like I, don't, I don't know why. And this, like, he just, everything he says is, is not just matter of fact, but he typically has an upbeat to it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I just like had this. A... I don't know how he talks, so I'm not making fun of him. I'm just asking. He's like, I just had a nap, and now I locked myself out of, <laughs> locked myself out of my room. <laughs> so now I gotta go down. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's... Get and I was like, oh man, that sucks. And that's my just <laughs> story. Wow. Boom. Yeah, Clay told me something there. A, a new thought on Twitter earlier was that i've talked to more authors via my podcast than he's talked to authors in real life (laughs) and but it's true yeah i mean it's true and it's such an interesting way to look at it because you're talking about like that's my jamie flanagan story i talked to jamie and rebecca Klingle for damn near two hours um what's that coming out oh that's been out that's out that's that's long that's long released oh god i should have done my homework <laughs> I try keeping up with podcasts, but then I get I, I've been Dude, listening. No, I'm the same way. If you were like, "What was the last episode we released?" I'd be like, Me too. I, li- I listen to a lot of audiobooks. <laughs> going back to that conversation, I like. I love. I love Britain just punching in. I dig it. Yeah, you punching up, you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, you should always well, punch up. Up is debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm I'm taller than you, so damn. It's true. That's true. All right, I'm gonna steer us. Um, yes, yes. So, Brennan, please us back on course, please. Clay, one thing I'd love to hear you talk about in you know reading the remaking and Whisper Down the Lane, especially. There are so many horror references. I mean, I'm I'm look you 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 thumb through Whisper Down the Lane. You've got the cast of Vets. You've got Professor Howdy, um, <laughs> a character by the last name of Levin. We go over to the remaking, and I mean, y- your your director is Lee Ketchum, which I I have to imagine is Edward Lee for the first right. name. Um, and one thing that uh, Patrick and I are big believers in is being students of horror. Is you know understanding the roots of the genre whether it be film uh books or combination of the two uh to kind of pay homage to and see what's been done before before you can go to next now i'd love to hear your thoughts on you know the roots of the genre and incorporating that into your storytelling damn brennan um that's a good question yeah well okay so i i i first uh, discovered my family tree in the seventh grade when I read uh, Night Shift by uh, Stephen King mm-hmm. and like you know Skeleton Crew and Night Shift were like fundamental texts um, like I just loved I, I like you know I was not paying attention to my English teacher but I was reading Stephen King in class and uh Stephen King got me to Poe 
got me to Lovecraft, like, you know, got me to Straub. Uh, like you, you find your kind of gateway drugs, you, your gateway authors and King was like, your ghosts. <laughs> I mean, like King was like, he was the floodgate, like, you know, yeah. And oh, yeah. Dance Macabre. Like you read that book and it's just like, that's yeah. like, and then you're suddenly making the, like the laundry list of like, I got to watch this. I got to read this. I got to watch this. I got to read that. Um, I mean, that was the education right there. Yeah. Uh, but it led, I mean, like, I, you know, I, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, like Virginia had, like Virginia is my home. It's in my body, but like being kind of in the birthplace of Poe uh, was really kind of fundamental too. And like King led me to Poe in a way that my teachers couldn't, like teachers would talk, like, I remember reading Poe and like learning about Poe. But it just never, it never clicked. Like King got me to Poe. Like it, it like showed me the like the ancestry and the lineage of Poe. And not uh, to cut you off, but I think every reader knows exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's so important. It's like, oh, I like, I don't know. Like it, 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 it. I, I, I don't know. Like I, someone should draw the kind of family tree where it's like you just can see the branches and the tendrils and the kudzu of like how one author can kind of spawn the next generation, which spawns the next generation. But um, you when I by your use of the word kudzu, that you are definitely a southerner. <laughs> southerner. <laughs> when when you get into the kudzu of the family tree, you <laughs> yeah. know that you have entered into the southern. You are definitely of from the Virginia, sir. <laughs> Where the humidity is just thick as kudzu crawling on the statue of marble. You uh, sound like that bad guy from uh, Wild Wild West. Yeah, well, oh, that's not a compliment. Kenneth Bragna? Yeah, the one, the one that was British. missing half his body. <laughs> like Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, it was like very Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I do I declare. Yeah, that, that we are talking about the Stephen of a king. Um, <laughs> no, okay. Uh, <laughs> Poe, fucking friggin' friggin' Poe. Um, Fuckity figgity Poe. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, I... Honestly, like he was the gateway. He, he he was he was the like there was something about Poe that was just so fundamental to me and my DNA. Pro- pro- probably, you know, it took King to get there, but when I got to Poe, like it was like this, here here's an author who like utilizes first person narrative in such a way that I as the reader feel like I am being absorbed into the story. Like the fourth wall, whatever invisible barrier there is between yeah. me, the reader, and the narrator, I ergo Poe, like that line blurs or it gets pushed back to such a degree that like I'm brought into the story. And, you know, it's, I I love, <laughs> love first person narrative. Um, so that would like, you know, it, that that to me was the kind of like, okay, you you can use writing as a form of communication that it's not just like pick up a book open up a book read a book close a book like there's like like the book like books to me the best books the most profound books are like they're like literary depth charges where 
they you open them and read them and they, they drop their tonnage into your imagination and then it doesn't matter when they explode when they detonate it could be right away it could be a week later years later but it's like when it when it blows like you know your your life changes and like books can do that and poe did that um and then a little bit off the beaten path this other writer by the name of i spelled a i she's a poet i i you know I, you know say you, you whatever you want to say about you know go to just go to the local barnes and noble in bowling green kentucky and go to the poetry section and there is there is a poet by the name of i and you have to you 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 have to find what's their surname it's just i a i like like you know like that's it oh and, and uh I, I mean vice find vice i mean they, they there's the collected works now cruelty killing floor greed her her stuff like she basically said that like like I, I mean like she's this amalgamation of 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 cultures like she's part japanese part native american part african-american like like she's this this kind of like like this 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 kind of pot of culture boiling pot of culture and it all like creates this simmering tension that manifests itself in her work and it's all first person narrative where like she'll be the <clears throat> the atlanta child killer or uh you know hoffa or marilyn monroe but they're all horror stories <laughs> like it's it's amazing like like oh my god um sorry for the sidebar tangent you no, asked that's, about our that's great <laughs> um the legacy of horror and like you know the remaking the remaking is a lark like the remaking was like my i i, I wanted to kind of pay lip service and respect and homage to uh certain things that mattered a lot to me uh film but also the kind of like the durability of of uh storytelling um like the the, the remaking you know is a mimetic threadbare <laughs> like it's it's almost like a you know it is a book i i swear but like there's a certain kind of like i don't know like it's a to me, it's always like an incantation or a, there's like there's something more kind of like. I don't know, it's I don't know if it's the sum of its parts, but it is it, it, it like there, there's something. Like I wanted it to be something more kind of like gestural or uh, I don't know, like I keep I'm making visual images here, but like cyclical, like there's something kind of like an incantation to it. Um, but yeah, it, like I wanted to just talk about stories and how they evolve over time, um, and and to do that, I, I wanted to kind of pay respect to a lot of the horror films and and storytellers that meant a lot to me, um, and movies that I loved, um, and then you know, Whisper Down the Lane, I I I, I don't you know if if I'm being totally candid, I I really I kind of regret it now uh, how much. There's like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the <laughs> characters. And I, as soon as I couldn't change anything, 
that was the second I really regretted it. Um, cause I was like, I don't think I trusted myself enough or the story enough to feel like it didn't need it. But like, it was like, if I add this layer of, of, uh, Oh, like it's not even homage, but it's like tipping the hat to the books that inspired yeah. it. Like yeah. Ira Levin, uh, you know, like there were so many like important, like, you know, Blatty, like, you Tinderman. know, yeah. Like, like they're just, just like, I needed to, I just wanted to like pay my respects to them and say, you had a fundamental <laughs> component to making this, this, this book. And then I just like, I don't know, like I started like feeling a little squeamish, sheepish about it, where it's like, oh man, is this, is this corny? Is this cheesy? Because it's so freaking obvious. Like, it's just like, yeah. it's like almost like belligerently. Like, it, I think it kind of hits you over the head at a certain point. But uh, so it's just me being like, waka waka, like, hey, have you ever read <laughs> Rosemary's Baby? Remember this character? <laughs> and like, I'm just like, I like at this point, I'm just like, man, like, why didn't I? Why did I need to do that? Um, but I did it and it's done. And uh, I think there's a certain humbleness to it though. Um, and I, I view it as instead of trying to put this book in people's hands and making out like you're, you know, more clever than you, than you really are, or like you've reinvented the wheel, you're basically saying, I understand that there have been people that wrote in this genre before and they've done a damn good job. And I want to see if I can, you know, take, if I can build on their shoulders and make my mark on it. Um, And, and, you know, I I totally understand your feelings of, oh shit, I wish I wasn't so overt there, but I mean, that's kind of how I view it is here is, you know, here, here are the people who I respect who have told stories I love uh, using this kind of these ideas and here's my contribution to here's what I think I can add to the conversation. Well, it's funny because like, I mean, I, I think we're living, we're in an era of pastiche and, you know, for, for better or for worse, I think post Quentin Tarantino post scream, like there, there is a certain kind of acknowledgement of, or just the remix. Like I, I think we're we're kind of in a in a, in a land of literary, <laughs> like DJing, where it it's 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 not so much that it's rehashing, but it's 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 saying here is here is our kind of cultural pop cultural horror genre heritage, and this is the stuff that I have imbibed and loved. And I'm 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 going to process it, filter it through my own personal lens, mm-hmm. and it's going to become something new. Maybe not something altogether different, but it is it is a kind of like, you know, it is the kind of f- the filter or the lens in which that that material passes through me through the author to this new this this story that it it becomes it becomes its own thing you know it is you know i i don't know like i i i have an affinity i have a soft spot for quentin tarantino um because i saw uh reservoir dogs at an age where it it changed my life um and it's a uh, good movie it's a great movie yeah. it's a great movie um 
And I, and I think that like for generations, for a whole generation of, of artists out there, he basically taught us that like, you can take the things that matter to you, that you love, like just eat, like chew them up and poop them out. And it's, it becomes something new, you know? And this is like, whisper down the lane's my poop. I love I, I prefer when we remakes, talk about but... this. <laughs> like, Brendan, what's your shit? Is Slattery Falls, because you've already said, I was going for a joke, oh, but I don't it wasn't like the funny. Phrasing this. No, 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 no. But you know what? Taking the joke out of it in all seriousness, mm-hmm. um, Brennan's uh, Slattery Falls is heavily influenced off of uh, Jonathan Jan's book. So he kind of talks about that book like you do with quite a few other things, uh, Clay. Yeah. Do you, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I it, it's kind of nice to think that we can be in conversation with these writers, right? Mm. Even if we never <laughs> actually are in conversation with them. Like, have you talked to Jens? Like, is he someone that yeah. you speak to? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had him on not last year. I think it was the year before when I was kind of, I, I had the first draft done. I was uh, working, working on, you know, edits and shopping around. And, you know, I did, I, I, I'm a big believer in telling somebody if their work means something to you. Um, and now that I've written several books, I'm really a big believer in people telling, you know, sharing that their work means uh, your work means something to them or uh, their work means something to you. Um, and, and I did share that with them. Um, and, you know, I, obviously there are uh, there are authors and movie makers that are no longer with us where that's not possible. But I, you know, I, I even back to where I think you were going, where art is a conversation where we can kind of be influenced and say, you know, what if that, but this way, what if, you know, uh, this person who has an entirely different background lives in a different part of the country, uh, different, you know, status, socioeconomic status, whatever it is, what can I bring with my background with those, you know, elements of story? Um, I think that's a vital part of creating. I mean, there's the age of people have been saying for hundreds of years that every story has been told, but there's always new spins you can put on it. Ghost eaters had not been told before. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true though? Is that, I mean, I'm not gonna... your, your particular twist on this kind of like addiction, grief, uh, and building it into a supernatural element and then introducing fungus I mean, yeah, no, you you created a very unique blend. Now, that's not to say that those individual ingredients didn't exist before, and those in- individual ingredients hadn't been used to create something similar. But yours is completely, completely unique. Yeah, let's find ten thousand more of you to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you're gonna deny that you said that you wanted me to be cloned. I, I mean, Chance, I'm going on record here as saying that, like, I feel as if if this book, <laughs> if this book is like does well at all. I think I think you can probably single handedly say that you're. I mean, you have been 
banging this fucking drum. So <laughs> Your arm must be so months. tired. <laughs> Half a year. Half a year at he's, this point. He's right. your biggest cheerleader, and that's why oh he's here God. tonight. <laughs> I know. I, it, when, when Pat asked me, I, I joked. I was like, Clay's going to get a restraining order. <laughs> you guys know that, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he did refuse to wear the cheerleader outfit, though. He said that would be too much. I got the bottom half on, so that's fine. Yeah, you can't oh see you can't, you can't see the the, the pleated skirt. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean it's leave my kick alone, I Clay. Was, I did think it was funny though that as far as like Twitter era or that that level stuff, like Ghost Eaters and me have become synonymous. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I. <laughs> Because we're having this intervention on on, on the <laughs> podcast, I uh, I mean, it is. There's just no other way to say it, but other than like I, it it it's, it means the world to me because it is not something that happened. Like it it never happens to me. Like I don't like I you know I I feel as if there are other authors who who. <laughs> who have their advocates and like i don't know like it's just it's just an, an anomaly to me so like i mean thank like chance thank you uh for being as as uh adamant and supportive as you have been because honestly like you know there are days where it just feels like you know you're you're throwing this stuff out into the ether and you just never know if it's going to land with anybody and it it landed with you in such a uh, a way that is it, it is completely flummoxing and surprising and like i just you know like it it leaves me speechless every time and like you know i uh <laughs> i don't know how to sometimes i don't even know how to react to it because it's just like it's not something that is it's just not in my perfect <laughs> i don't know like it's a it's it means so much and uh i don't know if it's i i mean like i don't know how other people react i don't know if it's off-putting or like weird but it's like you know it's uh it is this thing like i don't i feel very fortunate and i what what means the world to me is that you're in a position you've you've you are in a position at you know all of you the three of you good lord like, <laughs> you're you're advocating for work that you've responded to and uh whether that's because you have your podcast or because you're a bookseller or just a fan like i mean like this is the thing like it's i i feel like we as writers we're all in our kind of on our island and you we could we're just throwing this this stuff in the wind right like it just you never know like you don't know who it's going to land with but then if you can convince one person and then that person can convince someone else and then that person convinces someone else, like, I don't know. Like it's, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, someone like me could convince someone like Pat to, 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 to read this book. Yeah. No, but I mean, like truthfully, like that's it's so good. <laughs> no, but that's like, how that happened. I mean, and, I mean, there's so many people that message me and they're like, I would not have read ghost eaters. Had you, you not been so fervent in your, you know enthusiasm and it's like well it's the best damned thing i've read in years yeah i'm gonna be fervent about it 
I read the remember, damn book. I remember exactly where I was. I was on a road trip back home and uh, I listened to your podcast and you two have this bond where it's really incredible. <laughs> it really is where it makes me excited to, I, I started listening to the chances podcast and I started reading your book. So I think I'm not in a minority camp with that though. I agree. Considering that those first two episodes are still the most downloaded episodes of the podcast nice chance more, more people have listened to clay and i talk <laughs> than have listened to me talk to paul tremblay or wow. ellen datlow or Haley piper now's a good time to advertise even though you have an ad in the beginning tell us more about your podcast <laughs> uh so yeah terrifying tomes of terror uh, is my podcast where I interview horror authors about their books, or at least that's the the the, the table read of that. Uh, in reality, it's like we talk about the book a bit, and then it's just it would just chat. We just have a good time. It's a very loose conversation. Um, the, the, my most recent episode with Ellen Datlow, I barely got five words in, <laughs> um, yeah. and I'm good with that because it was a fantastic episode. Uh, I had Laurel Hightower as my co-host uh, for that. And I mean, the I want a Mad Men style television show about Ellen Datlow's rise to power in publishing. <laughs> uh, the way that she tells those stories on the podcast, I was picturing it. Like she knows everybody's names. She knows years. Like it's bonkers. And yeah, so if you want really super casual conversations with horror authors, Terrifying Films of Terror, wherever you get your podcast. And just one more thing. I know this is all about Clay, but I do want people to hear at least a little bit about you. You've been talking for the last hour and a half with us, but tell us a little bit, because this is what this is why I wanted to talk to you more and more and more. The more I get to know you, I want to I'm like, I want to be this guy's friend. So I think that you should tell our listeners a little bit about you. So that could be your hook. <laughs> if it already isn't after what you just said. Are you asking me or are you asking chance? Oh, chance because clay, people are already going to buy your book. So shut up. No, just kidding. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, they want their dog back from chance. They'll buy your book. Yeah. You know what? That was so rude of me. I'm fired. Chance, why don't you talk? You're you're, you're running the show now. I th- also thought that question was for Clay, so I kind of tuned out <laughs> on it. <laughs> I'm just gonna blame ADHD. <laughs> I, Easy cop out. <laughs> I also I I was like, oh, this is a Clay question, and so I did not catch all of that about me. Me is me is me. You as you. Like, why should people? listen to your show and then we'll get back to that lovely man clay (laughs) yeah so i mean (laughs) i'm a bookseller i work 40 hours a week uh helping to manage a barnes and noble i would argue that i have one of the 10 best horror sections in a barnes and noble in america um potentially top five but i'm gonna say 10 and and try to be a little humble about it (laughs) uh chance i've been in a a lot of barnes and nobles in the massachusetts and rhode island area and they don't compare yeah (laughs) just from seeing what what's offered elsewhere i would put you in the top five by default (laughs) 
Same for the ones in Jersey. See, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, But yeah, I'm a a horror fan for life. I watch uh, The Fly and Hellraiser way too early. (laughs) Nice. Um, And definitely left an imprint on my psyche. I've been reading Stephen King and Mary Shelley and Stoker since the third and fourth grade. Uh, I'm just a lifelong horror fan, but I like to uh, sell people's books, especially if they're books that uh, mean a lot to me, which is why I made it my personal goal (laughs) to uh, sell as many copies of Ghost Eaters. And if if everything had gone according to plan, I would have a Ghost Eaters tattoo right here on my arm right now. Uh, What happened? My artist tested positive for COVID the morning of the appointment. That's so fucked up. So I have rescheduled to September 6th, which is then when Ghost Eaters will happen. And Clay, and uh, I I can send this to you if you want. Clay wrote Want to Get Haunted on paper and took a picture and sent it to me to be used in the tattoo. Very cool. Now I've seen you say you were going to get that uh, online. And after you kind of telling your connection to the book, it makes so much more sense and more power to you. That's excellent. Uh, I, you know, I, besides just being a fan of horror and loving that you put so much care and curation into your horror section. um, I, I think that, you know, the community at large would probably you know, be on board to say thank you just because a lot of the stuff you put in there is independent stuff that doesn't normally get a chance to be on the shelf. <laughs> and that's fucking huge, man. You um, said a chance. That is, that's <laughs> don't interrupt me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but seriously, though, that's huge. And I know that there are a lot of people who have seen their book uh, on your shelves who may not have seen it anywhere else in any yeah. store. Um, and it's just so incredibly meaningful. Uh, so, I mean, good on you for doing that work. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. I, I have really tried to curate uh, a fantastic horror section for my store. And yeah, there are there are several authors who have never been on a store shelf before who I have put on my shelves. Um, so it, it's it's a cool feeling. To, to be able to do that for people. So then can I ask, I, I, I feel like it's, I feel like given that we're all connected via social media now that, and I, and I don't know if, if chance is the, the kind of forerunner of this or, or not, but do you all feel as if there's been even just this year within the last couple of months, a, a certain kind of groundswell of, of other Barnes and Nobles kind of, engaging and kind of partaking like i know the I barnes know. noble and on libby place in richmond yes. yeah well, james um, uh james is the is the store manager there absolutely incredible breaks a lot of rules <laughs> to, to bring in those titles so good on him so so chance is that you saying keep up motherfuckers hell yeah no absolutely <laughs> No, but I play. I agree. Like there has been a groundswell. I mean, using Twitter handles, uh, you know, Violent Hearts, uh, uh, Dark Art Studios, Mad Girl, uh, Mindy. Uh, there, there's so many of us that have 
really gone all in on getting that indie horror in. I, I'm not going to, I, I, I'll take credit. I'll take credit. Well, it, I think I've seen you post things where you do converse with other managers, say, I yeah. brought this book in and it's doing really, I brought this Brian Asman book in and it's yeah. really selling. <laughs> you know, Top ten every fucking week somehow. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I know it, it somehow. Has it's called Man Fuck This House. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I get why it's a top ten every week. Yep. We, we should really cover something that I don't think we have before. But Brian Keen on his old podcast said, and it it never left me. Uh, authors, and this doesn't mean <laughs> do this in a unethical or dickish way, but consider talking with booksellers because they're your street team. Um, yep. It, they are literally selling your books. You can have good, you know, reviewers or whatever, but I, I think yep. it's important. So for the mouth is, is the way to sell books. Yeah. A hundred percent as someone who's on the ground, you know, 40 hours a week doing this shit, Oof, uh, word of mouth. Lot. That's how you do it. Um, what, 40 hours a week getting paid yeah uh, how many hours a week do i spend on the podcast and i don't get paid for that uh lots is the answer uh yep. but yeah i mean clay that's why i mean when i get when i get the tattoo right here this this space right here and then say when i get haunted can you imagine how great the hand cell is yeah <laughs> especially when he gets the qr code that links right to the amazon <laughs> right. yeah Oh lord! Yeah, that's that's gonna go right here, just right the <laughs> little little circle QR. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, but I mean, holding out like want to get haunted, like holding ghost eaters and and having the the mushroomy skull mossy want to get haunted. Come on, man, that's Spe- great. Speaking of uh, Poe, when uh, the Raven came out, it was really popular. And even in its time, little kids would go up behind him and not in like a mockish way, but would say, nevermore, nevermore. So I think Clay's thing is going to be little kids saying, want to get haunted, which get haunted. you're basically <laughs> telling kids to do drugs. So that's not right, man. <laughs> you are problematic. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be able to pull that one off. <laughs> there was a thing on Twitter. We never usually talk about stupid shit on Twitter because no one really gives a shit. That isn't a part of the community, but I just right. thought it'd be funny for you guys. Maybe it's not. I don't know. So that's why I said it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say this about Twitter. I mean, I'm, I feel like I don't engage as, as much as I should with Twitter, but I do think what I have acknowledged and, and I, and I, and it's what we were talking about here. where like store booksellers are talking to other booksellers yeah. and, uh, like it's it's kind of like as an as an author watching others kind of engage on this and and kind of looking in from the sidelines it's kind of phenomenal because it it just goes to show that like there you know the power of the hand cell the 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 the, the kind of the actual like a year ago two years ago i like i understood in theory when when Quirk, when my publisher would be like, you got to go meet booksellers and you got to, you know, meet them, talk to them, shake their hands. And I'd be like, yes, I want to do that. I let, Let's do it. Let's totally do it. But I, I honestly, it was, there was something kind of theoretical about it where, but now 
and it, it, it is something about social media and just kind of the awareness of like advocacy that like yeah. booksellers are bringing the hand sell back and yeah. maybe post pandemic mentality. Maybe it's like, we're all just wanting to like be in a store and we want to talk to each other. We want to like, you know, not buy a book from Amazon. Like, you know, like there is, there is something to be said about like walking into a store, a bookstore, independent Barnes and Noble, wherever, and just be like, Hey, I'm looking for something yep. like this. Like, what do you recommend? And the bookseller will be like, Oh, you got to check out this. Yeah. You got to yep. check out this. And, and that is like, that's powerful. Like I, yeah. you know, and it's exciting. And I mean, you know, I, I, of course, like, you know, self-servingly, selfishly, like when it they're talking about your book, it's like, oh my God, this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you just realize that people, people love books. And if they love a book, they're going to try to tell someone else about it and share it. And that's like, God damn, that's amazing. So yeah. can I, can I interject briefly with one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me? please absolutely uh, just well <laughs> weirdest things recently we'll say that but i had a, a couple days off so i was not at the store but apparently someone who follows me on twitter went to my barnes and noble to see my horror section and that's asked so, that's if cool. i was there and they were told I was not. I was off work. That is celebrity status, uh, sir. And yeah, they wanted to just relay that they were one of my followers, and they wanted <laughs> to see it in person. That's pretty That's cool. cool. That was really like, show you their terrifying tomes of terror. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! Okay, I get it now, Clay. I get it. I get the terror. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, Clay is is honestly, you can see his face every time I talk about the tattoo. He is terrified at this concept. It's just, it's your body, man. You, yeah. <laughs> it's my body, and I've got a J.K. Rowling tattoo, man. You think I'm cool with that? It's fine. <laughs> it's just, it's just permanent. It's just a very yeah. permanent thing to do. I've got well, Joss Whedon tattoos, man. Not like of Joss Whedon, like from Angel. But <laughs> I don't have like Joss's face on my back. Don't research that. <laughs> so we have actually one more question from a nice young man named Brian McCauley. Um, hey. Which I'm going to say a quick story because I asked him. We, you know, Brennan and I didn't start. I mean, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't start really seeing people that we had no previous knowledge of before. Um, before we saw them post about the show until this year, I've been getting fan letters for three years. Not what I meant. <laughs> Don't really recommend giving people your address, you lunatic. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, Brian was one of them, and I asked him like, "How did you hear about us?" Because I don't know how to how to fucking gauge it still. Um, and he said, "I was having like lunch with Philip Prakasi when he was in L.A." And uh, he mentioned it. And first off, I'm like, that sounds awesome to have lunch with Philip. And secondly, yeah. that's cool that he would mention that. But it, I'm not trying to sound braggadocious, but the whole thing is so weird because it goes back to like what you were saying, uh, Chance, about someone that follows you that 
wanted to see something that you take pride in and clay you're probably going to see a lot of that when this book comes out um so my long spiel is over brian says hey clay as a novelist screenwriter comic book writer what are some of the similarities and differences in your story development process for each medium um it's a good question and you know the answer is i try to let the story dictate how it wants to be told mm. uh which tends to have a little bit of a trial and error period to it where some stories feel like they want to be comics and they become novels or they they want i think they want to be novels and they end up being something else um but uh <clears throat> in terms of the process you know it's funny, like the similarities always kind of like I, I'm thinking more about what makes them what they have in common more than what they have in in what, what's what separates them. And it's always like a good collaborator. Like, I think the novels have the novels, the comics. I mean, like this, like I I'm only as good as my editor. Uh, and and I feel very fortunate that I've been able to work with some really good editors who can kind of call BS on me and elevate whatever I am trying to do and, uh, you know, push it and push me and make me better. Um, it's the collaboration that, that, that brings them together. Like I think comic writing, I'm, I'm having a conversation with the artist, the, the penciler, the anchor, the colorist, um, with film. I'm like trying to have a conversation with the director, the filmmaker, uh, you know, novels, you know, I don't know if I'm having the conversation with my editor or not, but my editor, <laughs> like, they come in and they're like, are you sure you want to say that's what you want to say? Um, so maybe I'm trying to talk to the reader. Um, but your editor's your first reader or one of your first yeah. readers. Um, the things that separate them or, or, or makes like the choice between one versus the other. Um, I mean formatting and structure like structure structure scap like i think you know when you when you think of screenwriting and comic book writing um it's rare to believe that the thing that you are your contribution to it the script is it that's not the end result that's not the 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 final point in the right. process you're you're building a foundation you're building a schematic um you're telling you're 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 an architect um so i think that's one of the fundamental differences and i think screenwriting and comic book writing share kind of similarities where they're both visual medium they're they're for visual mediums um but you're you're kind of telling a story through its architecture which is always really interesting but you're creating a vessel of some sort like for like some ghost to inhabit like that ghost in the machine, um, which ends up being the film itself or the 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 comic itself, the artwork. Um, writing is writing for novels and 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 stuff that that's more kind of like reader author to reader based. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I have a. I definitely don't have a canned answer for it. I should, but like, it's it's more the kind of like the 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 target is just like ever so slightly different like i'm thinking more of 
who am I talking to? Like, who am I having this conversation with? Um, and, and, and when I'm writing a novel, I have to, for myself personally, like I need to think about who that, that listener is like, you know, who would be the person who this would engage in this kind of conversation, this 300 page, 400 page conversation, like who's, who's on the receiving end of that. So there's a target. Um, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Me, I am the target. <laughs> <laughs> so now's the time when we're going to wrap down with a few more questions. And uh, I just want to, we actually should probably do this a little bit more often, Brennan, but I wanted to ra- remind everybody that we have many different formats, many different platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, just look for Deadhead Space. And uh, we'll start with you, Clay, and then Chance, where can people follow you? Well, we've talked a lot about Twitter. Um, I, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh, the Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm out there. I very, very Googleable. <laughs> I'll be Uh, yeah, I mean, the best way to get in contact with me is Twitter, um, at Curator of Horror or at Terrifying Tomes. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at Curator of Horror. Um, I don't really use those though, so you know, follow at your own discretion. Um, I'm on Facebook, but that's a personal thing, and I add people I want to add, so don't do that. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally get it. Uh, where, um, I was about to ask the same question, Clay. Do you have any final thoughts? I gotta say thank you. I mean, I, I know, uh, I don't know, like it's it's just funny how we're in a vacuum until someone says hello <laughs> so i just i don't you know i really appreciate you uh inviting me on uh i was uh trying to get into the headspace the dead headspace for tonight and uh i uh i i watched the paul tremblay uh podcast oh cool that's a good one the, and it was just like oh man like I like that one because Langan just totally shits on Brennan. He <laughs> <laughs> does. We're mortal enemies. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just feels special. So thank you. I really, I really appreciate you uh, taking a chance on me. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, you, I've you know your books are great. That's funny. I got it. I got the pun. Okay. <laughs> Don't act like I didn't fucking get that, Brennan. No, that's why you're laughing. No, no, no. But I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. I think about he was laughing at my stupid face that I did. Get to see Chance's face light up like a puppy who has just been selected at the kennel. I'll tell you what. I, I do wish that I had this relationship with two authors that I probably won't ever. One for sure. That's a book that I connected with. Coco, Peter Straub's Coco. That that was a life changer for me. I mean, I, I've talked with Peter a few times, but like that's he, he's doing his own thing. Bottom line. And then the other one is Red X by David Demchuk. Ooh, um, yeah, maybe the fucking book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope people read that because that is oof, it's so fucked up in a wonderful way. But it, yeah. it's a lot of truth in uh, his. You you people listen to this on the audio version will probably you hear people. that. Yeah, you people, you people list i don't know who you people are <laughs> <laughs> they can't watch youtube 
<laughs> I mean, if you want. So, Chance, do you have any final thoughts? Um. Uh, I, I don't know when this is releasing. So I'm, August 29th. Oh shit. Yeah. I didn't have you in here before that. Yeah. Um, August 29th. Okay. Pre-order ghost eaters. <laughs> it comes out September 20th. There's plenty of time to do it. I've got the arc right here uh, that clay was kind enough to send to me. So I would, awesome. have, I would have to stop requesting the net galley. I got a digital um, dicks. Oh, oh, he's got a. Ah, and that cover is so hold up. fucking good. I'm wait, wait, seeing wait, wait. people Guys, on Twitter with the damned hardcover, and I yep. am jealous as hell about it. Can so, all of you hold up your copies? I want to take a screenshot of this because I don't got one. So, you, you guys ready? We're going to say cheese if you want. One, two, three. Nobody I said one. it. No one said it. That's all right. I didn't then. say it. I was smiling. Uh, <laughs> Clay, really quickly. Um, don't I, I think I remember you saying something about the texture of the hardcover version. Yeah. You want to cover that real quick? Ooh, yeah. Let's hear it. What do they, they call it? They, there's like a name for it. Daniel Krauss. Like pebbled? Gritty, gritty mat or something like that. Like dirty, dirty mat or something like dirty men. Dirty pigs. It's like. I mean, <laughs> rub it in. Like, it's just like, I mean, I there's something it. that feels so, oh, I'm like getting it oily. Yeah. Um, like, it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I'm so excited to have yeah. one of the hardcovers. But, but even this one, like Chance, I mean, this is, this yeah. is a quality no, ass It's book. a quality art. Like, this is, this is nicer than some like final versions that I have. Like yeah. a fair few final I versions mean, that I my, have. Mine is a, mine is a little thing. Little thing here. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Somebody wrote on it. Oh yeah, shit. Return us now. Yeah, return it. Not for resale anyway, but yeah. I I am gonna go on record as saying Quirk does an amazing job. Oh my god, yes. Like they they do not spare any expense. Like they really. That's good. That cover. Well, and I. I, I tagged Clay in the I, I made like the Facebook 3D image of the cover. <laughs> yeah. And it like perfectly separated the ghost from the background. Ooh. It was cool. it was uh, very cool. <laughs> so if you have the cover and you can do that on Facebook, please do it because it is trippy as hell. <laughs> That's awesome. Brennan, do you have any final thoughts, sir? I appreciate uh Clay, I appreciate your time. You said it was late and it is, uh, but you stayed up with us. You didn't fall asleep once. You even did a little bit of dancing. Um, <laughs> seriously, this is a really, really fucking cool book. I hope a lot of people pre-order it and pick it up on the 20th. Um, and I, you know, thanks for your time and chance. Same to you, man. Thanks for yeah. hanging out with us on this Thursday night. It is Thursday, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Thursday. Okay, You're the good. father of the baby. You're the father. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? You're the daddy. You're the. What was the? You are the father. You are the father. No. Is it? Is this supposed to be? I Mari? am your father. No, that's Star Wars. That's no. still not right. Anyway, anyway but yeah. Mm. But my final thoughts are that Chance, I'm very thankful for you for many reasons. So I, I, I like this friendship that's forming, man. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Clay, uh, it's been a real pleasure, and you're going to be back whenever you want, sir. Just anytime, call me up. Be like, hey, get me on now, fucker. I'll be like, all right, honey. Get a go sounds like Clay. Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Very forceful. It. <laughs> it's it's fun to talk to people. I get lonely in this room. <laughs> Let's just talk to people. Can I, Clay? Can I talk about? I'll cut this part off if you want. Can I talk about what uh, the blurb? That shall be eventually <laughs> from is yeah. that I don't know yeah. if I'm putting you on the spot. That's why I said let me know if I'm gonna cut this. Yeah, yeah. So kind of bragging here because you're a great fucking author, but Clay has agreed to blurb my first uh, anthology that I'm editing. So I can't wait for that. And we actually don't I don't talk about it much on here. Um, but it should be coming out in a few months. Like I got to talk to the publisher when he's back in America. So that's going to be, that's going to be in September. So uh, I'll get the date for that. And then everyone else will know the date, but it is uh hot iron, cold blood in anthology of weird West and Brennan's in it too. Um, and, oh, yeah. and chance is going to get an early copy too, for sure. So <laughs> I'm excited. Um, and my final thoughts are just check out, uh, Chance's show. It's really good. His voice is amazing for this. The next episode is 161 with Ronald Kelly, who, you know what? Fear oh, was kind of like what you did with Ghost Eaters. I just pushed the shit out of fear every chance I could because I love that book. Um, but he's going to come on. We're going to talk about Southern Fried and Horrified. That is his memoir. It's really oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah, he's been. Right in since the early 80s, um, he's got a lot of stories. He stopped for 10 years. Uh, but, yeah, he covers all that. And it's really excellent for anyone that wants to write or is interested in that. And anyone want to say anything before we sign out? Say goodbye. Say goodnight. You want to ask everybody what they are currently reading. Oh, good call. My sleepy brain forgot. What are you guys currently reading? Let's start with Chance. Um, well, I've been listening to uh, the Babies Who Lives, the, the Stephen Graham Jones audio, uh, and it's spectacular. So, yeah, that's that's been my main read. Um, is, that, is that coming out soon? It's, no, it's out. Yeah, it's out. Uh, it, it's it's only audio. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't get a physical one. Um, physical, I just finished Clown in the Cornfield 2 by Adam Caesar. Um, in anticipation of my recording with him last night, nice. uh, which is super cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what I what I've had going on listening to the new Stephen Graham Jones. That sounds awesome, man. Um, Clay, what about you? Um, I just finished Gothic um, by Oh the uh, Philip. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Philip. Am I gonna say his name? For- Fricasse? Fricasse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a haunted desk. It was insane. <laughs> what? What's that? I mean, a demonic desk? A haunted desk? A possessed desk? A, no, I'm a, saying what? Because I didn't know what it was about, and that sounds crazy. Yeah. it's a, I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah, evil it desks. Bad desks. <laughs> um, it's it's nuts. Um, and But I just finished that. And now I'm I'm reading something called Nightmare Fuel by I'm gonna oh um, this is a it's a Nina, non, it's Nina Naseth 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 yeah is this is this the nonfiction one yeah the it's about I think it's Nightmare Fuel colon 
the yeah, science yeah. of war. Um, Ellen, Ellen Datlow uh, recommended that one to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a thing I can say in my life. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Like I'm only 50 pages in and like, it's, uh, I mean, it's breaking it down. It's like, yeah, you watch this and this is what your body does in response to watching this. I um, dig it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Man, that's, that's crazy. I love it. That sounds really cool. Brennan, what are you reading? Cool. Hey, I got a random question. Sorry. I know I just asked you one, but chance that wallpaper in the background, is that from like the shining or some yes. other that is from the shining, right? Yeah. And it's not wallpaper. It's wrapping paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you know, whatever, it's fine. Okay, it completes the aesthetic. I've been Clay, thinking... Clay, what does this look? I'm just looking at your your room. This mm. kind of taking it all in. Mm. Yeah, no, I uh, having a moment yeah, here. It's shining <laughs> uh, wrapping paper, shining carpet pattern. But I was like, hey, I've got this weird space since my room is horizontal. <laughs> um, let's fill it. That's awesome. With wrapping paper. Absolutely. Yeah. And it looks great. So it does. Fine. I think it looks cool. Really ties the room together. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I talked about this on our last episode, but I literally just got the hardcover in the mail today. Uh, and I fucking yes. love this book. I uh. really, really, you know, as 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 much as I am a fan of everything that Josh Mallerman does, uh, Daphne, I think maybe one of my favorites. Uh, of, of everything he's put out. So I am thrilled to have like the final version in front of me. For those of you who don't know, don't listen to every episode, please listen to every episode. But uh, it's it kind of starts off with uh, an almost basic premise of, you know, a person was harassed years ago and bullied to death. Um, and now she's coming back for the next generation, almost kind of like a, uh, an undead serial killer type thing, but it's, it's Josh. So, I mean, it's, it's going to go to different places and the way that he is able to personify and turn anxiety into a monster is just, it's commendable. And this is one of those books where don't skip the afterward. There's, there's like, you know, three, four pages of, of Mallerman telling you what went into this story and it's worth every word he uh, he puts in there. Really, really good stuff. Um, that's out sometime in September. Um, the other one I just finished up is the uh, local Rhode Island HWA chapter uh, put out an anthology that they are debuting at Necronomicon uh, tomorrow, oh. I think. Um, and that is uh, filled with a whole bunch of stories of Rhode Island lore and uh, just kind of history and horror stories, which anybody who liked Paul Tremblay's most recent book, uh, there's a little bit of that, you know, New England vampire thing. And a lot of that happens in Rhode Island. So a lot of these authors have kind of touched on that and tapped into that. Uh, but it includes Krista Carmen. Uh, yeah. Awesome book. Fantastic book. The Paul Bearers Club. Um, this book called We Are Providence it has Krista Carmen. It has um, Aaron Beauregard, Jason Parent, John Lynch, a bunch of really, really great authors putting it together. And the last one I'll throw out, I also just finished, uh, this comes out in October, Jonathan Jans's Blood Country, which is yes. the uh, follow-up to The Raven. 
Uh, and if you like that one, you'll like this one. It's the the world he's created here where, you know, nuclear, not nuclear, but like kind of end of the world apocalyptic scenario where all of the mythologies, werewolves, vampires, uh, any monster you can imagine, uh, it kind of unleashes their potential in humanity. And this is just the next chapter in the series. And it's, you know, it's it the, the pages fly. It's certainly supernatural, but it has kind of that thriller pacing to it. Um, really, really cool book. Patrick, how about you? Oh, yeah. I just finished the remaking, like I said earlier today. And uh, I am few hours in the fervor i have struggled big time with physical books this year um my wife thinks it, it is probably because you know i'm i'm trial and error and medication right now for my adhd so i think that's what it is it's weird i just i can really like it and i still can't something's blocking me right now so i'm bringing this all up because i'm relying heavily on audiobooks and uh digital books where it's uh text to speech I, I don't know why I just can absorb it that way. Yeah. I mean, I dig audios, man. I listen to a bunch of them, so I get it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's pretty neat. It's, um, it's all Makatsu. So she's wonderful at writing historical fiction. <laughs> she's a good writer in general. All right, guys. Uh, God damn. It was almost two hours. That was, that was a long episode for, <laughs> for us right now. It was really fun. I had a great time. Um, you guys want to say goodnight to everyone before we before I say uh, my final line? Bye. <laughs> I thought he was going to shout. Don't let the ghost eaters buy. That's creepier than I anticipated. You have many choices of podcasts. Thank you for picking us and uh, Terrified Jump Star. Good night. Don't let the ghost eaters bite.